This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. There are many ways to go about learning jazz standards and memorizing them and also improvising over them. And one way that people like to start learning jazz standards and figuring out how to improvise over them better is through analysis, analyzing the core changes to a jazz standard, putting certain theoretical labels on things such as relative minor, parallel minor, all these things that maybe you've heard in the jazz theory world before. But why would you do it? Why is it important to do? Is it even helpful? Well, this was a question that was asked in my monthly jazz mastermind, which is a Q&A call that we do in my Inner Circle membership. And I thought this was a great question. So we're going to answer that in today's episode. All right, let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brett here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. And hey, we have a shorter episode today, but one that answers a very good question that, as I mentioned, was asked in a recent Q&A call within my Inner Circle membership, one that we do every single month. And the question was, hey, how is analyzing a jazz standard even helpful when it comes to improvisation? Like, when it comes down to it, is there anything useful about using Roman numerals? Like I'm talking two five ones and one three six two five ones. But even more than just Roman numerals, also talking about the relative minor and the parallel minor and a deceptive cadence, modal modulation. Maybe you've heard some of these terms, maybe you haven't. But you may be wondering, even if I don't know some of those terms, why would it even be important for me to know them? And the answer is a little bit mixed. It may or it may not be important to you. But I'm going to dive into a little bit further into that question by actually just playing you a little clip of the recent live stream so you can hear my answer to this particular member's question. But hey, before we jump into that, just want to say that, hey, at the end of of this month on February 27th through the 28th is our very first virtual summit called Learn Jazz Live 2021. Now this is going to be a really awesome two-day virtual event with 20 plus speakers. I'm talking speakers like Jamie Abersold and Amy Nolte and Jeff Schneider and of course myself and Brendan Lowe from Jazz Piano School, Christopher Sutton from Musical U, Nick Manella and a whole host of other just amazing, amazing, amazing speakers giving really awesome workshops and also live Q&As as well. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be something that I know that you're not going to want to miss. And I, it's actually quite affordable as well. So if you want to check that out, go to learnjazzlive.com and get your ticket now. We are going to be raising prices pretty soon. So definitely go and explore that. Also, if you ever considered being an Inner Circle member, becoming an LJS Inner Circle member, we're offering a gold pass ticket, which essentially gets you a free ticket to Learn Jazz Live with uh, an annual membership. So if that's ever been something that you've been thinking about, well, this is a really good opportunity 
to get involved now and get a free Learn Jazz Live ticket. So learnjazzlive.com. You can, you can learn more about it right there and get your ticket for that. All right, let's jump right into this question. Okay, so this question comes from Raymond. I'd like to know how to use the harmonic analysis that is done in the Jazz Standards Club in my playing. For example, how does knowing a chord as a secondary dominant help in improvisation? I understand it's important to know if the key center changes, but all the rest, tonicizing, parallel minor, secondary dominant, does not seem to be of any use. Uh, commentary in the A2 does not even mention the harmonic analysis. I'd like to understand why it's done and how to use it. So that's a very good question, Raymond. I appreciate that question. Essentially, the question is, why is analyzing the harmony to a jazz standard useful? Uh, Okay, so the first way it's useful, of course, is it can be helpful to both visualize in Roman numerals, or we go a little step further and do color coding, if that helps, to help visualize a tune to help you memorize it. So as far as being a great improviser over a tune, memorizing it, knowing it really well is of key importance. I can't tell you how many times I've heard musicians come up and want to play at a jam session and they call a song and it becomes pretty clear that they don't actually know the tune they're playing very well. Or even if they thought they knew they were playing, they, they knew it really well. It becomes clear. And so that has everything to do with improvisation. So knowing the tune is really important. When we talk about what the parallel minor is versus the parallel major, that can be really helpful, right? We think about autumn leaves, for example. The parallel major is B flat major and we start the tune going to B flat major. And what's the parent minor? It's G minor. So this can be helpful. Not everybody's brain works this way. The color coding, for example, that we do uh, in the Jazz Standards Club, that's not useful for everybody, but it's helpful to be able to compartmentalize the tunes to know them better, which does directly translate to being able to improvise over them better. Okay, the next way that analyzing is helpful is this right here. Hope you guys can all hear my guitar just fine is an A7 chord. Now, you may ask, well, what scale do I play over this A7 chord? And my answer would be, I have no idea. And the reason I would have no idea is not because I don't know a bunch of scales you can play over the top of dominant seventh chord, such as this A7 chord, but the problem is I don't know what chord came before and what, what chord is coming next, right? An A7 chord by itself, we could say, well going to be the mixolydian mode but what happens if the next chord after is a d minor chord right it's a d minor chord so now maybe i want to alter that a7 and resolve it to d minor seven okay so now we're knowing that's a five chord let's take this a step further though let's go to the secondary dominance let's say actually the tune is in the key of concert c major Okay, now this changes a lot of things, doesn't it? Really quickly here. So before we had this A7 going to a D minor, well, now we know it's a secondary dominant. And why is knowing it's a secondary dominant important? It's important to know that the D minor is being tonicized, meaning it feels like a one chord, but it is not the one chord because what could come after this, right? We have the A7, sharp five, flat 13, whatever you want, to a D minor seven, going to a G7, that's the five chord, to the one chord. Right. So suddenly we're thinking of it like. Something like that. Right. So we're thinking about how that D minor now goes to the one chord. So in this case, a two, five, one. So 
understanding that I believe is helpful. It's not helpful for everybody, but that's important is to think about the context of the chords. And yes, we put names to these different theoretical things to analyze them because otherwise, otherwise, how would we analyze them? So I hope that helps a little bit. If analyzing and doing chords analysis doesn't help you very much, that's completely okay. For some people, it does help. Okay, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And hope that gave you some clarity on that question of why analyzing jazz standards can be helpful for your improvisation. Hey, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, Learn Jazz Live 2021, our virtual summit, is coming up on February 27th through the 28th. You can get your ticket at learnjazzlive.com. And if you're someone who uh, can't make it for those dates, or maybe you're in Europe and you're worried about time zone things or whatnot, uh, you, if you get an all-access pass, you will get recordings to all of the stuff so that you can uh, watch on your own time as well if that is a concern. So do check it out, learnjazzlive.com. All right, we're going to be coming out with another great episode next week as always. So please subscribe to the show, tune in, and until next time, happy practicing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.